Bennett Carroll sat down with moderator Christine Dolan for a one-on-one interview in November of 1999. I'm Susan Stroman, a member of Stage Directors and Choreographers Society, and this is Masters of the Stage. This program is produced and presented by the Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation in collaboration with the American Theatre Wing. Because this program was not originally intended for broadcast, it is not of the highest technical quality. As a result, portions of the conversation may have been edited. I'm David Diamond, Executive Director of Stage Directors and Choreographers Foundation. I'm happy to welcome everybody to our one-on-one conversation with Vinette Carroll. Um, last night, Vinette was uh, one of six directors and choreographers who received the special Millennium at Mr. Abbott Award at our annual Mr. Abbott Award ceremonies. And um, uh, it was uh, an amazing evening. Um, what I'd like to do is spend some time talking about uh, your career, your life, your thoughts about the theater, and uh, we'll open it up for discussion amongst all of us. And feel free to um, ask questions as they come to you. We'll keep it fairly informal, um, and we'll uh, wind up around about 7 o'clock going to the theater tonight, aren't you? <laughs> Got those Marie Christine tickets? <laughs> Good. Um, let us uh, let's start uh, with uh, how you got into this crazy business. What uh, what led you to discover acting as a as a job? Masochism. Had I known what I know now, <laughs> I wouldn't have done any of it. I think it's an enormously difficult pursuit. All the things you will read about it are lies. All the things that you think are going to happen to you if you work hard and lies. Of all the um, things you think if you work hard, you're going to make it. The contrary is also true. If you don't do all these things, you won't make it. If you don't um, really, really work hard in the jungle, you're not going to make it. And there's so many ifs and buts and all these things. But occasionally, something happens, and you meet a few people who are just marvelously talented. My God, just no cold. <laughs> she is going to talk about you, though. <laughs> <laughs> and my tribe, sweet help. And Anita said to me this morning, you know, Jerry is going to be upset with you. You didn't mention him at all. All you did was talk about these kids. You see, the kids. And that Noah, who was, you know, the little baby that I met in, um, in uh, Chicago, and you said, because I had no sense of direction, and helped me to get home with a trolley. Was it the trolley? What was it? One of those means of transportation. Got what what kind of a family environment led you to find the arts as, a, as an interest? That's my mother. I had a magnificent mother who wanted very much for her t- children to be uh, cultured and to play on their gentlest strings, so to speak. So we had to go to concerts all the time to be out. And she said, the thought of my children not seeing Tuscanini work would be a disgrace in our society. So we go, we went all the time to Tuscanini concerts and all the 
and all the up at meetings during the week at night we'd have to go to concerts and then we'd fall asleep <laughs> and my mother would wake and, and she didn't think anything like sports and things that were really much valid so up to today I don't know anything about that so I think my mother is the person who made the great um, difference there was a young uh, look at that look at that <laughs> come and see her come in sweetheart would you they know everybody you know Bob oh Bob how much sure of the court. she was one of the marvelous marvelous ladies who <laughs> when we were starting the urban arts court down and 17, 17th Street or something. 20. 20. 20. Can't remember that either. <laughs> was very, very helpful and supportive and all of that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And she had this little baby. I asked her yesterday about her little baby. Who I remember that tie, sweetheart. The day she was um, she was leaving to go on maternity to leave. And she was getting bit and she was by the elevator. So <coughs> baby to come, you know, it seemed like it. I said, How is the baby? The baby is grown now, right? Twenty-four. Well, <laughs> like that little baby. <laughs> I can't get any of that together, it seems. Um, please let them come in. Say that. <laughs> Uh, hi, hello, hello. So, um, didn't, did you, uh, I know your parents are from Jamaica, uh -huh. right? And did you spend some time as a child in Jamaica? Oh, yes. Seven to ten years. And you were living with your grand grandparents? And what kind, yes. and did they also have that artistic influence on you? They're more Victorian. They're very much, in, they were, rather, very much involved with uh, the Queen. And when she comes to meet Jamaica, We'd all have to go there and see him. Or who would be the one that was getting to courtesy to the Queen? All of them. Very British. So that was, yeah. So they had that. Not my father. He thought everybody should be a doctor. And so he <laughs> never, never, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> so how did, how, how did you get out of it? How did you get out of being a doctor? I went, I became a psychologist. And I was an industrial psychologist and a clinical psychologist for many years. And not until I was 26 did I go into the city. I had to. I would take classes at night. And there came Erwin Piscott. And he said, a voice like an organ. And he was very sweet to me. And so I would take classes at night and voice and diction and try to get out of my West Indian accent. And all of those things was very and then eventually I had to take, tell my father that I wasn't going to be a psychologist anymore. And he wept. And his mother wasn't a man for weeping. Mm. He was very much like, who was that, that one in, um, whose father was so terrible in, in oh, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I um, can't remember it. But he, he was that kind of rich and played him to the playing. Was on the board. No. Oh, I forgot. Anyway, he was a marvelous actor. 
died for the world now, really. Richardson was the first. What was he? Um, an English actor. Oh, I Well, and he was so mean. Yeah, town. We can't come up with his name. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come later. He'll come later. He'll come later. He have one I don't need it. Ralph Richardson. Ralph hey. Richardson. There you go. Yes. Who knew it? Matt, right? Oh, I was. <laughs> oh, you knew yeah, it. Knew it. Oh, you knew it. Oh, Ralph Richardson. Played the father. And that was um, what's her name? Uh, Hillary. No, Hill. Hill. It was a name like Hillary, but. Anyway, uh, anyway, she played the father. Beautiful, 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 beautiful um, show. And those people, and I lived in England for a while and loved it. And that they seemed very civilized to me. And as a result, I'm much an anglophile. Because, and my mother went with me several times. And she always went to concerts trips around the world or around different parts of the country and the different countries. What was and your first acting job? Uh, with Piscotter and what was that Piscotter? What did I do with those early days? Piscotter in uh, my first, well one of the first major ones was um, Caesar and Cleopatra with um, uh, uh, that woman's name leaves me, guy, and um, Herd Hatfield and the whole bunch of them. And uh, they were, I liked that for a time. But after a while, I really felt that directing was the most uh, fulfilling kind of work that one, as one gets older, that you begin to want to see the whole picture of it. And, and to collaborate with the playwright. Yeah. And it's much greater joy to watch young people act. So and you've act been acting people. for quite a number of years. Oh, yes, yes. You did films. And, and that's right. But I don't like any of that as much as I like directing. And when I see the young people now, that's the most <coughs> exciting thing. Never, never, never. Did I want to be on the stage? I love watching them work. And last night when I see my little girl there directing that, there oh, I feel all this excitement that she is directing, you know, how they grew up. And you see a young man like Matt, Max Schreiber, who is a grown man now. He, he told me he was 20 something, but I think he's really 18. <laughs> <laughs> How did you how did you learn how to be a director? From Piscotter. Again from Piscotter. Yes. And most of my influences and most of my help had been from him. And some of those teachers who came from uh Europe, from Berlin when Hitler was driving all the Jews out. And he came here and he brought men of his many of his colleagues with him. And people in his group would come from time to time like um, uh, Zendrin and lots of the young uh, or older uh, professors were very helpful. Influenced by the Stanislavski? 
Yes, and very much so. Very much so. And influenced by Stella Adler. Uh -huh. And you study with her? Yes, yes, for a long time. And enjoyed her and enjoyed um uh, so many of the others, but I think she was very and Piscata. And I also some of the other method actors, method directors and saw a lot of plays that they were were doing. It's interesting that a lot of people who were trained in that sort of went off to a more naturalistic style of work. Yeah, isn't you, that you funny? You went into a more uh, almost Brechtian presentational yeah. style. Um, Very much. Because of, I guess, other musical influences that came into your work. Yes. And I thought even like, and the choreo, and the use of choreographers and, um, and all different kinds of art forms that help one in doing plays that, that like like uh, Mother Courage and those were very helpful and that the choreographers learn from the Piscata like people what kind of, how to use it to forward the piece you know? what was the um, people said you uh, had influence by Kuntu drama you know uh, what, what was that I can't okay. answer that Okay. Who knows that? <laughs> was that uh, was that sort oh, of like song, dance, drum? That's thing. what I have. I have those. But had you heard that, Jerry? Mm -hmm. oh, no. Was that an song? African song? Some, yeah, something African. that it was was African. Yeah, something Come that I, I had gosh. read. I feel stupid about that one. What? Uh, uh, yeah. How did how did it evolve that you got to were started working with Langston Hughes in, in that period? Oh, I knew knew him for years. He was a um, fraternity brother of my father's. Yeah. And they were very good friends. That uh, civilized woman who was my mother would have um, <laughs> had things in the house and Langston would come there a lot and I got to know him. And after he got more my friend than he was my father's friend. Because we, we worked on a lot of things together on his poetry and I was doing one woman shows and because there were no arts for black act artists mm -hmm. and he was very helpful to me and so I, I got to work do my one woman shows and work with him and other people but I tell you the thing I found about the one man shows that they are not half as satisfying as working with a group and it doesn't matter what the size of the part is. It's a matter that they are a part of the whole. And it helps the artist to take things from them and help them and do all sorts of things. That the, um, when you see someone like Noah Cole do Medea, then you see, that's a girl, you see. And she's done lots of other things. Strength in that instrument that she gets from working with other people and working on ideas she has. She is absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, your first uh, entree to uh, the Broadway scene experience? Oh 
years ago. And if anybody in here makes a crack, Garson, Garson Cayman was directing um, Small War on Murray Hill years and years ago. And he gave me this French woman, who, uh, West Indian really, which is a Spanish woman. And I got to, Janelle was in that, she was the little girl. <laughs> Janelle Allen, right? Uh-huh. And you remember those years for us, my oldest friend in the world. Mommy, not aged, I mean. Longest term. Didn't I see Barbara walk? But did she go to Barbara? Yeah, she didn't stay. Oh, really? She had to work it. She had to work. So you had met Garson King. And then also Richard. What's the name of Gertrude Warren? Gertrude. Lawrence's husband. What was his name? I forgot. He was a big producer in New York at the time. And uh, he introduced me to the director then, whose name I don't remember, who um, had me read for Fatata Tita in. Um, it says Chris, no, Chris Baru. Uh, uh, one of the. One of the uh, That's Caesar Cleopatra. Season Cleopatra. I'm sorry. Thank you, Jerry. And he, that he said, "Oh, voice like an organ," and it was very sweet. And we went to a uh, so Cedric Hardwick was at dinner with somebody else, and he had been a friend of George Bernard Shaw and all of those people, and they were very upset that a black woman was going to get to play the part. And I must tell you, all before those years, black people were not allowed to play parts that were really black. I mean, anybody could play them, you know, but it just wasn't what in the smell things. It was so crazy. Anyway, uh, she, she was very nice director. And um, Gertrude were Lawrence and those people. So, they um, supported by the director. We got to play that all summer. Great fun. So that was nice. Well, the first play that you, what was the first play you directed on Broadway? Was that uh, Don't Bother Me? I can't go. Yeah. yeah How did was. that come about? Um, so we were working on, um, at our workshop, Urban Art School, and working on, Step Lively Boy, is that the name of the play? No. Bury the Dead is the original play. No, that he was talking about. We were, they, no, oh, oh, um, Bury the Dead. And we were looking for a uh, musician to do the school. And then uh, we found Mickey Grant, who was a friend of a friend of mine. And she did all that music. And it was just marvelous. We were able to work together on that. And we worked on it for a very long time, as is my way of working forever. Right? <laughs> oh, right. Um, we'll get back to that in a minute. But I mean, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the process, then, 
What made it go from being an urban arts core to a commercial kind of Broadway experience? It's still reconcilable. We still do both. The, the thing with actors, with um, doing works that nobody wants to do, to things that people began to like coming to like the theater. All these young people that here the other night were people that I met who came to, to audition at different times and got to be a part of our little group. And we never thought of it as being Broadway or not off Broadway or anything. There were just a different theater. People, uh, uh, Barbara Hauptmann and the came were, were, were marvelous people that came along at different times. Very, very sweet and helpful and supportive. And then we got to get the, to find the ones who were marvelous. You know, ones like Nora, who was just sensational. Did you find uh, it difficult uh, working as a, like the first African American woman to direct a Broadway musical? No, it, was it, it wasn't that. It wasn't even in the thing. Just people that I wanted to work with. And uh, it was just a yeah, the um. It's much, much later, and friends like Roz, and we talk about, gee, no, then you're not getting offers for some jobs because of the race, because they weren't giving uh, directing jobs to black men, all black men at that point. And when Lloyd got his first, he got the break they got him into, Raven in the Sun. Mm -hmm. Then we just kept working. Okay? I wasn't preoccupied with this. How did the uh, genesis of the Urban Arts Corps? I was working for uh, Rockefeller had set up a program to forget awards for kids who weren't getting any opportunities in the theater. And uh, we were going to do plays and, and things. So we, we went from one place to the other, from the dance classes to all different kinds of classes. And those people, um, we did plays in there, and when somebody would be interested, would tell us about it, or say, you should do it again, or do it at some other venue, and we do that. But we just kept working, because you had to do it. You know, there's something in your body that tells you you have to be in the theater. You know, you don't, you don't have a choice about that. There it goes, you know. You have to do it. And that was a long time. And that was rather special. Mm. Yeah. And so we took it. And then I would get invited, like, to California to um, work at the, um, what's the name of that theater, Jerry? Um, Inner City. Inner City Theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Died. Anyway, she was. She had a theater, and we we did some works with her, and that was very fruitful. Well, I love California, because, and I hate Florida. <laughs> Why did you move there? <laughs> Masochism again. <laughs> the weather and you. <laughs> two weeks. And it still remains the two things I like about it. What was the set? Weather 
and you had a place to park. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your uh, directing uh, style. Uh, last night we heard a lot about how um, you tried to uh, create what the image is that's in your head. You know, and, you know, they were saying, you know, I want to get the image in my head out there on the stage. So how do you communicate that to the actors? By finding actors who absolutely love and you say you talk to them about it. And they aren't laughing at you, they're laughing with you. They try something because you tell them, see, this is really what they see. And like, and a choreographer like Caleb Reed, she told me an idea and he said, try it, try it. I wasn't talking about him too long without crying. But he was a marvelous choreographer. He was very helpful to me in those early years and did all the work that I had to do. And that's really how one developed by just people who were magnificently talented and also had the patience to listen to it. And a very, very close, close, close friends. How much? Okay. How much uh, input do the actors have in the shaping of the piece? You should ask Mo. Uh, <laughs> no, because she is the one who knows more than anybody else. And I knew when she was a little girl, you see, and she'd help me to get down to the right hotel from the good. Do you en- encourage the actors to uh, participate and give ideas? And yeah, please. <laughs> I sense you're being <laughs> kind. <laughs> oh, if they're very good, like Laura, I really do encourage them to try what they want to do for me. Those are very special kinds of instruments and are very helpful to me. And they don't think any idea is stupid and you should not try something because it's different. Don't say that's the wrong. Those who are really geniuses, right? Nora, who really can do it. Do you encourage them to use those Stanislavski techniques of sense, oh, memory, things like that? Absolutely. <coughs> Absolutely. Yes, because they, they have to work from within. They have to know what what's happening to them inside when they hear that. And all that sense memory. Um, doing a scene based on something in your lives or doing a lot of yeah, a lot of sentiment and um, encourage them to talk about their lives in rehearsal absolutely when it gets to a point where it should be the psychiatrist and not the director doing that then I break I break that over and let them go to something I don't have all that psychology background so yeah <laughs> it's very helpful isn't it yeah. it's very helpful I was yeah. a psychology major, too. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Ah, and you saw the light, too, huh? Yeah, that's oh, right. What about the, uh, your collaboration with um, composers and choreographers? When you're creating all these pieces, I guess they were, um, they were more like song plays because they're comedy. That's right songs and dance and ritual, music and acting kind of all combined together. How did those develop and in what kind of a process? When we'd have an idea, 
and then we must how how best to explain them or to uh, make it come up comfortable for the the um, the idea really try about what's the best way of projecting that idea can you give an example with one of them uh, no never no probably no better than anybody else in general because when she was working on Medea she had to do a lot of sense memory a lot of using her instruments so to arrive at something because a play like that you cannot do it on surface or from surface you really have to think about it and where did that come from and what those feelings of rejection are all of those and she was absolutely marvelous at doing that and you have to work that way it seems to me to be able to do a play like that you have to um, uh, Noah could do that better than anybody I tell you that being able to take that feeling of rejection and then he leaves her for another woman and she Avengers, which, and she had to go into her own insights. What system, what thing was, um, uh, could conjure up that feeling in her? Mm-hmm. And it's need, and it need, and it has to come from the artist. It can't come from me or anybody else in the room. And she would, and, and, and to be free enough to try and, and we would do, there was a big scene where she's thinking of, of, of uh, what's the name, Jason, and how cruel he was to her, and left her for this, this um, uh, crazer. And then she, she had to do some scenes. Just she and the stage managers would get mad at me because I just wanted to be with Nora and me working on that scene so she could work for me within how she feels about that and how she hated him and here he is, she had loved him so and look how he turned on her for this other woman and she came out with things that were just magnificent you know how he hurt her oh and only the actors can do I think if the stage managers in the room that makes her self-conscious makes me self-conscious it gets Everything is just having that instrument who is free enough to try these things. Try so you like to work one-on-one just you and the actor? Very much. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much on those scenes. Because, you know, that's why I don't like to let a lot of people come to rehearsal. Because I think those are the, the moments where they have to work for themselves and they don't act mm-hmm. for somebody else. Hello. Oh, hello. Not to worry. Not to worry. <laughs> Not to worry. <laughs> so when when you were doing plays that were more musical plays, um, did did with Mickey Grant did she come to you with music first, or did the idea come first, and then she went off and wrote music and came back, or did she come to you with music first, or no? I did in the beginning. We sat in her apartment and listened to some of her musical show. 
And of course, we had a big help, Herman Shaw, with his marvelous uh, material to pull from. So she would listen to some of that. And some of the music that she had been writing for the war were very, very well suited for this. So she would come and talk and talk to me. Some of the actors of life, um, no above it, no better than anybody else. But um, she knew what we were doing now, very the day. And Mickey would come and play something. Um, when Noah would do a scene, why should my babies have food, whatever the words are. Beautiful, you know. And that comes from working from within and letting her do those kind of things. So magnificent. Did you choreograph as well as direct the, those musicals? Move. <laughs> Watch him move, right? Tally was such a marvelous when we were such good. I don't think I'd ever get over his loss. And I'd, I'd always tell him what I wanted from him, what it needed to be. And then he'd go and work on it. He thought so much about the same thing. And this was a, this was a very good day. But also in Medea and the other thing, Jello probably remember some of them much more than I do remember because all those years of words, all of us worked together. And I do believe that the thing with the actors or the other creative people and you is madly, madly important. Um, you can talk about what they feel, what you see, what the choreography thinks. To do. That's very, very, very good. So I I am not able to act to work with actors that I find difficult to work with. I'm I'm physically not able to. And what happens when you find yourself in a situation where you, you have one? We have to pass. Ah. We have to go on separately. Like when that little baby came in who tells me he's twenty four oh, oh, came in. You know, just and, and he was only 21, he was thinking about step, and Nicky wrote all that music. And he was just, just marvelous. Jerry introduced him to me, he was in camp with Jerry, and he came in, and he was magnificent. And he would see total things from his gut, because he believed in sense. He believed in talking about things that were meaningful to him. And you have to have that, and you have to care that much about the actor. No, I can't work against form or against the person or people who think it's funny to laugh at you or think if they can't do it, you know, say, what do you want? Or they don't want to do that for some other reason. That doesn't work. That, I mean, doesn't work for me. I get very upset. What's your uh, favorite thing about being a director? Working with a group of people I love. That is my favorite thing. And all my, and I only surround myself with those people. I can't, can't, that's afraid of it. 
let's try something that's working and see. When you're working on a new scene or a new idea to work with that actor and that actor And friends, like my friend Rothstein, who oh, come to rehearsals and watch this. And then I feel up short, and then it's off. It's easier for me to work. But you see. Which of the projects that you've done in your long career was the most really satisfying, where everything came together just the way it uh, looked in your head? Which, which one? Never. It you never know, Piscata, <laughs> <laughs> or not Piscata. Um, who's the one said it? Oh, Picasso. That's never finished. The drawing is never finished. You work to get better, get closer. And sometimes you think, yeah, that was a nice marriage. That one really. And as I said, when I don't like them, none of it works. If you hate any of them, none of it works. And I don't try to work with them. I can't. can't do it. What, um, I, I read that John Paul Sartre had a big <laughs> Funny you should hate that. I adore his work. Adore it. And, uh, and I've done The Flies several times, and I want to do it again. But being in that, that wasteland in Florida, they don't think that that's art. John Paul Sartre is not. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Sartre that uh, appeals to you, that touches you? Oh, what is it about him that I like so much, Jerry? I would guess his pessimism. (laughs) 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 What about that? (laughs) And not a realism. (laughs) Realism and strong. And you need strong actors to to work with you. Uh, many of the pieces, though, that you've done, especially a lot of the musical pieces, are, are really not so much negative, but really positive about the it's human less spirit and raising less spirit. And, <laughs> Bless you. And That's true. And I really feel that. There's not being pessimistic. It's being realistic. But, for example, that thing about interracial casting. It, it's the many, many plays, um, parts that people of all races can play. And why shouldn't we do it? I don't want to do the unrealistic, as, as, as I mean, it really, it'll take a while for people to get um, work um, involved in, you know, certain kinds of the parents and things like that. But, oh, you have to put something in it that makes the audience understand. But there should be people, people who want to like it. And they'll still be the bigots. And there'll still be people who have so small minds that you can't convince them. And I know we can't convince everybody, but I'd like to have actors who can roll with the punches mm-hmm. and try all. And that's not That's optimism. I don't like to work with inferior... I don't mean... That's not the word I mean. 
unready. No, that's not the word. <laughs> People who not, don't seem quite ready to deal with some of the work that I would like to do. People who won't take the chance. That's right. Yeah, I can't deal with them. So I have to move out the way with them, you know. And then we'll try it. What hell? What, uh, what are the, um, the areas, the arenas, the kinds of work that you haven't uh, done that you still yearn to do? What, what, kind of, what pieces do you still really want to tackle that you haven't done? Yet? So many, and I'm trying to remember. What have I not done? But I all, because the thing that happens to me is that I always want to go back to them, revisit them, and try different ways of doing them. It, because it's never finished. It's never finished. And only the producers think that it's finished. And so you always need... Do you know what I'm saying? I want to do that. Yeah, they want to do the Greek classics again. Oh, all the Greek Yeah. Romeo and Juliet comes up. I, you know, I've never done Romeo and Juliet, and I'm the only person I know who hasn't done <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was my classic. Oh, like how, how did you respond to, had you seen the work of Andre Servan before uh, uh, last night's... Uh, well, 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 he has been around in the most marvelous kind of, I think he's an innovative, extremely gifted man. So I am always so surprised, not surprised, Please to see an actor, a director with such kind of drive, you know. But there are many who have that, or who have producers that will give them the opportunity to do the things they want to do. Don't you think that it's very hard to get to do that? When, when you do your Romeo and Juliet, what, what will make it uh, distinctive, do you think? I mean, what, what, how will you... Romeo and Juliet that I'm madly in love with. The, the, two, the, the two characters. Yeah, the actors, yeah. Those two characters, they have to understand what they want from each other. And what's a maddening, and I don't mean that lustful thing like Clinton, you know, I don't mean that. I mean, so, and I'm not, not against him having his lustful moments, mind you. What's that thing that <coughs> drives them to each other? and the dragon to want to be together, no matter what. They can't function without each other. So you have to see that in the actor, that they can actually make that believable. Oh, yeah. You have to have I mean, two marvelous Do you see it as a, a musical thing, or something that's more traditional? That you, don't, you don't really know yet. I don't know until I find the two people who will want it or can do it, will just be over there. <laughs> well, I got two actors right here. Then. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous actors. <laughs> we won't know what it is. We don't know what it is that makes them love each other. Not at this point. That, that's exciting to me. But I haven't done that. And I'm not intimidated, except in Florida, by doing things that other people have done before, that I've done before. But it's people 
who want to work and see, who want to try something and see. Uh-huh. I'd like to tackle it. And not conventions about what they look like, who they look like, and just hopelessly in love with each other. And it's funny kind of way. And that doesn't, it isn't age, it isn't, I don't know what the, that magical, but it'll be this magical thing between these two people. Have to be together. I mean, you find that wow, that's it. That's chemistry. Nothing you can do about it. And all these critics around here have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers, you know. It's always about exploring and trying to discover it, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to explain, discover it. Now you've talked about actors that you like and, and directors and. Um, what about designers? Which design you talked about choreographers? Which designers influenced and, and and really captivated you as you were working? Well, when I was when I was young, it was people there were people like who were influenced by Pascal, who they influenced me. And then what's that guy I like so much, Jerry? The set designer, Larry Miller. Larry Miller, and I love his work. And who else's work I just love? Um, Ken Billington. Yeah, see that. Oh, did you see him last night? Was he there last night? I know he bought a ticket. I didn't see him. Ken <laughs> I didn't see him, but I didn't see everybody. So. Ken! I can't imagine that's not seeing him, do you? No. And maybe he, uh, maybe he sneaked out. Yeah, oh, now, and there's some marvelous young people coming out, and got coming out of the universe. University who are really rather marvelous. And there's something you need to get the opportunity to do. You really never know who you're possible, who is possible for your work. There's some choreographers. Of Since Tally died, I don't know that I've quite recovered from that loss in my life. But I'm sure there's some, some, but there haven't been anybody like him. And uh, very volatile, very everything. They all know him, who've been with him and know him. But he loved Noah, so she can't judge him. <laughs> he would take all the dancers, he did. and he said, she can now no cold. None of them can dance like Noah Cole. <laughs> he was so marvelous. So I, I, I just loved him. I'm sure they're around. We really haven't explored those. When I see, like, the people in Florida, and there must be somebody someplace here, but that whole thing, when it's time to rehearse something, and they have to, and they would want to leave because they have to go to baseball game, mm. go meet somebody in the park. Maybe you should move back to New York. Thinking seriously. <laughs> really? Thinking seriously. My friends tell me that it's madly, madly expensive to be here. This is true. Is there nothing that's possible to do? To live? Is there any place that is possible to live in New York? I'm sure there must be. But at least there's also a lot of wonderful talent that comes here that you'd have, you'd have more opportunity of people. That, we talk about that all the time. Only in New York. You see that kind of talent. I don't know if you like uh, you know, Bill T. Jones and Garth Yes, Sagan. yes, uh, yes. Some wonderful choreographers. 
Yes, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And in New York, they see them. I, I see them on the road most of the time now. But they have that drive to do new, new things and daring things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If anybody else wants to get in on this conversation, I've sort of been monopolizing here. But if anybody has any questions, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sure, as you know, and all of us know, when you're working as a director, most of the time you're not working <laughs> as a director. Um, and I was wondering if you, in your experience, um, is there anything that you do that you consider your director's work when you're not working with Keith? Um, is there any uh, writing? Exercises, anything like that. I mean, an actor does their physical work, a, a musician does their scales and hormones. Is there something like a director? I can do things like gyms, going to the gym, going to uh, concert maybe, concerts, sometimes thinking of the director's work. Sometimes. Um, I try to sleep when I've got to work here <laughs> because I have tremendous need to work. Tremendous. The, um, I love to be alone. I find this more my most creative time when I can think of an idea of something and that there's no one that can throw that from me and say what a silly idea. And people are so influenced by that, are so have such a need to say what a silly idea that is. And, uh, 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 uh. There are many of them in Florida. And <laughs> <laughs> that is not the place to really do it. New York is really the best. And to go off by yourself and really work and idea and work and put in the fear work. It's really hard. You find that that's true or do you have different types of um, yeah, for me it's just uh, it's very much being alone. It's being alone writing for the mind. Yes. To something. A lot like what yeah. Huh. But yeah, that's essentially it. You've done a lot of writing, haven't you? And do you still? Oh yeah, all the time. All the time, really. But then I throw a lot of it out. And then I like some, unless I see some, a piece that's right for actor A, B, or C, because I would like that. Then if I can't have that actor, then I get disappointed. I love I cry. That <laughs> 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 is very hard to, to do it. I, I think it's a terribly difficult thing to be a director. It's very painful because you, when you see something, you see somebody in your head, somebody who's really marvelous. And when you can't get that actor, you go, oh, where did I feel? What did I do wrong? And I wonder what happens to those uh, directed with unlimited resources. Mustn't have to be delicious. When when you're feeling like uh, you know like uh, dry or you're having a period where you're not feeling too creative, what what do you do personally just to sort of get yourself re-engaged or to, to refresh? Do you have a what do I do? Uh, swim. I swim a lot. Yeah, I swim a lot. That's the only thing I feel I have to do every day. This swim, yeah, because it gets me through. I must say yesterday was awfully cold, so I didn't 
quite engage in that yesterday, right? <laughs> well, at least in Florida, you're in the right place for one thing. First one, <laughs> one thing, and soon, and then and driving, driving right? <laughs> but the other thing, too. Uh, other questions? Yeah. Um, you talked about uh, pieces that you love to revisit. Um, are there any in your mind that come oh, to you? You had the whole evening. If you had the whole evening. Uh, it would take. Name three. It would take. <laughs> what did you say? Name three. Oh! I, well, of course I want to revisit Medea, the flies. Um, what's the other one I want so much to do, Terry? What's my favorite? Those are the two. Those are really the main two. The main, main, main two. Um, and there are others that I come across that I see when I go to the theater. Oh, that different. That's right. But hmm? there are too many of too many influences that would determine what I would do with it. Because with one we have the writer, the person who did the um, the adapted her music, her yeah, her love of things that she wrote other different ones. That's very hard. And you have to let the other author have an input also. That's right. Yeah, and and we have as the, old, the older we get, the different the differences get larger, and what we like and we don't. Like. It's very hard, you know. And we, we have so many ideas we want to do, want to do in a specific way. And I find now that there are certain kind of actors that I want to work with, this will really dedicated to their work. To the time that they have in this world, to the time of the people. So that's hard. It's very hard. The older you get, the harder it is to find uh, instruments that you want to work with. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think of the state of theater that, of today as, as compared to uh, years past? Well, I don't know the days past, right? <laughs> when, when Dame um, Class Menagerie, um, Lorette Taylor. Lorette Taylor. I don't think I ever saw anybody walk away down. Just incandescent, I tell you. I don't remember seeing anything like nothing. And I think there's some very good contemporary actors. But there was something in that work, in, in that girl on, what was her name? Uh, Kim Stanley. And that whole group of girls who were coming around then, I don't see that. Anymore. I see some very good actors. But that's special. That's special. I haven't seen anybody in a long, long time. 
Geraldine Page. Oh, you could die. There aren't many who really want to work like that. And they, we get so opportunistic. And a part of it is not always that, but it's needing the money to do all the things you have to do. I watch you guys putting a fundraiser together. I think that's amazing. How do you do it, you know? It must be just tremendous, you know? Trying to get all these people and all these things together. I'm so impressed. We talk about it all the time. Jerry's always been interested in fundraisers. And I think, I don't know how to ask them. Because they don't think anything in the theater is important. So they don't want to, you know, give us anything. But you guys do it. By God, you do it. So it be something very special. And that you could tell, no, freebies, no. We can't do it. We can't afford to give it. And in regular theater, everybody wants you to give them. Then it doesn't cost any put things to put in a theater piece in it or to prepare a thing like a fundraiser. They say, ah, oh, actors, eh, they'll find some way to live. Or ads. What do you mean I didn't see enough ads? We're going to give us some money for the ads, but they want to come free. Mm. You know? So it's, I think the whole, I, I just can't tell you how much I took my head to be back. Well, you know, it was the the reason people wanted to do it and the reason people got involved was because of you and the other honorees, because they wanted to be there for you. And then, um, you are putting that whole thing together with all those people because they all wanted to be there and to show you how they felt about you. Oh, and that's so it's not, I mean, there are hard things about it, but, but getting the people to agree to say they want to be part of it, the actors, and... Um, that was probably the easiest part because they Imagine. they had that love and caring and they wanted to be That's very inspiring. Very that you could get all these people together. Where did they come from? You know? It is inspiring. I think it's a yeah. testament to your uh, influence on them. As they yes, but you've done it all these years. It's marvelous. But you guys have gotten it together. You know, and to do something as inspiring as last night, I just thought, this was pretty marvelous. And can't you never sleep. Every time we're gonna call we're gonna call you when we're in Florida, I always say that poor boy needs to come home and get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and we call and there she is still in the here working on the piece, working and we call her every five seconds. <laughs> every five seconds trying to could we do that? The airplane didn't arrive. This didn't arrive. All these <laughs> and just and all the other things I tried to say when I said, Oh, I'm so sorry about you. Not that you key I'm gun my way out the door and yes, so sweet <laughs> all the time. Oh. <laughs> we need to go back to talking about Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions? Other questions? You, have you see, actually, I have a question that has never come up in all the time that I've known you. With all the stuff that you've talked about, about your classical background and your training, how did you get into the gospel music aspect of your work? Is that a more emotional thing that connected you? They were to See, I come from a West Indian family, and they're very rigid, and don't tell me if there's one A in the class that you don't bring it home, and don't tell me anybody is prejudiced against you. You go in and you bring her an A home. So they're very kind of hard. But 
Um, Langs used to tell me, oh, you've got to come to these nights to see this choir, something. And I'd love And Russell Lee Brown said, because I was a um, uh, Presb- you know, Presbyterian, you know, Anglican, Anglican in my family. And we would go to those kind of rigid kind of churches. And when I went with Langston, boy, that would be great. <laughs> People were really having a good change, you know. And so that made a big difference. And I began to love, love, love that music. And so this is so theatrical. It should be in the theater. It should be in the theater. And started working on that. A guy named Alfred King was marvelous. Um, helped me when we were doing Dark at the Moon years and years and years ago. And he would bring in some singers and we did the music. And made a big difference to things. How we fell in love with gospel music and met so many people who were. Um, I remember when Jane Fonda came to see, um, what show was that as we did? He said, um, uh, one of the singers, um, singers asked for his, um, asked for an autograph, and then he opened your mouth, please, and he said, I said, would you give me an autograph, please? And she said, sure, sure. Are you related to uh, Henry Fonda? <laughs> So after you write your name, would you put daughter of Henry? <laughs> 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 Never heard of JD. <laughs> but there was something in the in the personality that was in it. And um, what's the name? What are the other kids I always said? Um, Cicely was in it. Cicely was in it. Jimmy Jones. Mm-hmm. And Alvin Ailey choreographed it. Al choreographed it. Um, all of those guys were running around town here trying to find jobs. And <coughs> I wanted to do it and they wanted to do their thing. So we'd come up to my loft, which I lived in, and we'd rehearse a bit. And all these, um, who was that place? Somebody else. But they all liked it. And so we, we just started to do that. Then we started to do something that was new, absolutely new then was having the actor come in the aisle and then make amazing things. Yeah. We wanted them to be, if, if the theater was going to be uh, um, the church, the actors come in because they're the members of the choir and so come out into the, and Oscar didn't want to do that at all. And so, oh, please, <laughs> Vinet, please. <laughs> 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 yeah, all of that. But they eventually got to like it, you know. And uh, that was a very, very strong influence. They really know that, that that was something. And they hadn't been doing that in the theater. And I went up to um, Falmouth with the Scarter, and we would do some of that. And they went to a, into a restaurant once, and because the company always um, ate in this restaurant. And I'll go anywhere to this food. <laughs> so we and the head, they said, and this soldier came in there and he said, I didn't know they let niggas in here. So, oh, please, give me a break, And then, 
you do what you want and the choices you want to make, you know, for a given place. But everybody has a better way of doing it. Everybody has a better piece you should do because they're saving the little ones for themselves. So you should always get those you want to do. And, um, and don't let people make you feel less than you are. Um, what's the, uh, uh, Scott there. come down the elevator and say, the elevator in summer makes you feel less than you are. How awful that you can let other human beings do that to you, you know? And why can't you continue working and doing what you want? What makes X's idea better than you? Why? Is it because it's so difficult? It's enormously difficult and enormously painful. It just, oh, kicks in so many things you wouldn't kick in in terms of it. And that there are so few people who really love and care about the world. And it's so hard to understand what you want or what others, you know, Well, a lot of the time it's really about sort of explaining your vision to other people and getting them to sort of glom onto the same ideas. Yes. Because they're all working for the same goal. That's right. Very hard. Because everybody has their own opinion. Uh, that's right. And what they should be doing, or how you should be doing what you should be doing. I know when, when I was young, there like Scarter around, I mean, person, he was like something, goddamn dirt on What was that you just did, you know? Very hard. And, and you know, so that no one's helping true, but you're not doing inferior work. But you could do And I try to please them. That's one of the things I must say I admire about. Um, what's his name up here at the theater? That's the New York. Never mind. It's New York. Uh, no, the Oh, what is his name he's doing? Oh, he did all that thing. Do you remember I had to leave? Tony Randall? Tony Randall. Doing the classics. Yeah. And That's doing the right. plays he wants to do. Right. And when he's been interviewed, what does he say? I do what I want. And we'll find the general audience for those, not for everybody, and trying to please everybody. What kind of life is that to live, you know? Oh, and it's very hard for all of us. What kind of life? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're still young enough. <laughs> you're young, you're baby, you know? We just have a few minutes left, so are there other, other last questions? Anybody wants to know? We have gold here. We should take advantage of uh, the opportunity. Yeah, Lena. We're sorry, but this question was inaudible. To involve them more? In the theater. In the theater. In the theater. I think that's good because you want to do it. And your family is on there. You need that support. Or just 
your families and the people and who think you're worthwhile doing these kind of things, nothing. Why don't you get a real job? Or why did you do this? Or all of those things that just gnaw at you. And so the kids have nobody to say, oh, Bobby, look what I did today. Look what I did. I'm working and just, look, well, tell me more about Chekhov. Well, tell me more about something. You know, you don't have to sit, start down at the bottom to bring them up to that point. I think it's possible to define things for them in a way that they understand that it means something to them. We have some of that responsibility. Because love and like it one thing. But I don't really understand this generation as much as I would like to. But they think they're going to be so cruel and hostile. I think the theater can help uh, um, change them? I think so. We can get a group of people. These young people can answer it more. As to you get the young, much of young people now. You see more of them than I do. Again, I see my daughter. <laughs> well, how do you feel if your concept uh, urban art any of those young people, uh, or occasionally do I see young people who really want to see everything, go to everything, and, you know, and have supportive families and all I don't see that. But there could be a few. You know, these kids all over here have families that are very supportive of them, but there's very few involved in between them. And it doesn't seem to be a lot of sharing with your children, not that they can go home and talk to them, mom and dad about something. Well, we yeah. are into this form of entertainment called television. 
Oh, I know. I um, know. So I, I want maybe <coughs> the adaptation that the art form theater with the art form television film. Uh, because they do the signs, they do the signs of TV and film. And music. Mm-hmm. And all new time type of music, too. that they uh, jump in. The, uh, there's some kinds of imagery that are, are very potent to young people, and I think uh, you know you find that opera is getting a lot of more young people are going yeah. to operas, and a lot of young people are going to uh, see Robert Wilson's work, and, and people who, who have very striking images, but that are very different kinds of images from what you see on television. So there's, I think there's a, a, a part of the people <coughs> out there who are fed up with that kind of imagery, and they're looking for ways to find it. I think if we could show them that the theater is a place where they can see a different kind of an image, uh, a different kind of imagery, then maybe they'll be drawn back. The bridge is something greater. Uh, I really feel that's perhaps the real goal of the 
work has to be done. Because because the, the parent and the adult is not there as much as a 12-year-old is. Mm. When, when I was in grade school, I had a teacher that made sure that everyone had an opportunity to either go to the orchestra or the theater because nobody could afford to do both. And she took that responsibility. That was one teacher. She took that responsibility. So, you know, if you're away from your parents for the six hours or eight hours a day you're in school, a lot of, in that situation, I think it's kids that aren't around their parents a lot. Their parents aren't there. They're either working all the time and they're not there to guide. And an adult has to be there. They, and, and that has to happen. In addition to that, too, so much of being a teenager is separating yourself from your parents and trying to claim who you are apart from who your parents are. But I think whatever we decide to do for the next generation, the current generation, whatever, it has to start even before they get to But there's a lot of preparation that happens between one and nine or one and ten because Adolescent is going to happen. This has evolved into a so really interesting thing, yeah. discussion that's completely uh, different from where we uh, started. <laughs> We've come around, and but it's fascinating. I wish we could have time to continue it. Unfortunately, we have to uh, end now, and uh, um, I just want to say, you know, from my heart, how much I appreciate your being here and sharing your uh, ideas with us. And thank you so much. Again, this is Susan Stroman, and thank you for listening to Masters of the Stage, made possible through support from Stage Directors and Choreographer Society, the National Theatrical Union celebrating five decades of uniting, empowering, and protecting professional stage directors and choreographers. Visit us online at sdcweb.org. This online series is presented in collaboration with the American Theatre Wing, dedicated to illuminating how theater is made through the words of the people who make theater. Visit them online at americantheaterwing.org.